Good morning, everybody. Happy New Year. Joyful New Year. Faithful New Year. Glorious New Year in Jesus' name. There's a man called Graham Kendrick, and he wrote a modern hymn many, many years ago. It's called Shine, Jesus, Shine. So how many of you know it? You see, it's not that older. Not that old to him, yeah. I'm going to ask them to put the first or the chorus up on the screen because I want us to speak it out because it's a fantastic, wonderful prayer for 2018 because it's appropriate to our day as well. So speak it out aloud with me. Shine, Jesus, shine. Fill this land with the Father's glory. Blaze, spirit blaze. Set our hearts on fire. Flow, river, flow. Flood the nations. Next verse. With grace and mercy, send forth your word, Lord, and let there be light. So we, all of us, including me, can't remember the words that well. In November 2016, I wrote an article called The Worm Has Been Turned. And it was one of those occasions when, as I was writing, I was deeply conscious that God was wanting to say something through it. I don't claim too much for it, but I do claim a, a real sense of his presence as I was writing it. But strangely enough, when I got to the end of it and did the editing, um, I felt strongly that this was not the time to publish it. So I held it for five months, and I published it only in April of 2017. I want to just quote two little sentences from that. One was, I am convinced that we will look back on the 2nd of November 2016 as the day the worm was turned. That was the day that the Supreme Court declared that the capture, state capture report must be released. And you know, my, I was glued to the TV screen that day. And Pat, Pat was saying to me, come on, man, you mustn't fill your mind with all that stuff. I said, no, there's something really important happening. And this is not a political statement. This was a statement that at the spiritual level, something of fundamental importance was happening. Something else that I wrote in that article was, Light is now shining brightly on the areas of corruption. The rocks are being turned over one by one, and light is shining brightly on the worms beneath. Think of what we have witnessed since April of 2017. In just nine months. Just the time it takes for a human baby to be conceived and brought into this world and birthed. Just nine months. Think of the things that have happened. Gupta leaks. Where on the internet and for the entire world, everything is laid bare for everybody to look at. The ESCOM plundering out in the open, under the, the light. SAA, SARS, SABC, Bell Pottinger, Trillion, KPMG, the FBI investigations, nuclear deal. And most of all, the outstanding, stunning court rulings that have come out one after the other. That's just in nine months, and I haven't tried to write them all down. This is just some of the high points that st stood out for me. The light is shining in our nation. Not will shine, is shining in our nation. And the worms are wiggling like we've never seen worms wiggle before. <coughs> Things are being exposed, and when they're exposed to the light, they can be dealt with. Darkness cannot exist in the presence of light. We need to be saying as we go into this year, thank you, Lord, 
One of the things, instead of looking forward to the year and saying, oh, please be with us, and what about this and the drought and so on, the first thing on our lips, I think, should be, thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. I mean, it's outstanding. We are so privileged to be a generation that lives through what is actually happening before our eyes. Outstanding. Wonderful. And I do say, miraculous. Shine. Jesus, shine. But you see, now we're at the start of 2018. So we should be asking the question, of course, and that is, what should we be doing, Lord? What should we be saying? How should we be living in this year that lies ahead? How should we be shining that light? Yeah, there have been all sorts of public figures shining light. But what about us? What about me, Lord? I have your light. How should I be shining this in 2018? Now, to answer that question, as always, we need to go first to the Word of God. So turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Click. Swipe. Otherwise, get there. Ephesians chapter 5, I want to read to you from verses 8 through 21. From verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed to the light becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And submit to one another. Out of reverence for Christ. Starts at verse 8. You yourselves used to be in darkness. Now you are in the light. There was darkness. There is light. All of us were there. We're now here. What's the catalyst? What moves us from darkness to light? Again the verse gives us a clear answer. In the Lord. We were in darkness, but we are now in light in the Lord. The, the change agent for moving from darkness to light, for transformation, is not radical economic transformation, necessary or not, as that might be. The change agent is spiritual transformation. That's at the root of it. If the spirit of a person is regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus, then that person starts to live out differently. Instead of living out a life of darkness, he or she lives out a life of light. And the same for a nation. When the spirit of God comes to the very heart of a nation and transforms it in the name of Jesus, then that nation comes alive. Wake up, O sleeper, and rise from the dead. And the light of Christ will shine upon you. 
this text refers to the outworkings of a spiritual regeneration, this, a spiritual transformation. It talks about the good, righteous, and true fruit of the light. First, the transformation of the spirit. And that yields, must yield if it's a true thing, must yield a transformation of the way that we and our nation behaves and lives and speaks and does. The one must flow from the other. Now, we've been praying for national revival in this little church for over eight years now. And let me tell you, sometimes it becomes a little discouraging. You know, we're normally about 21 people. Sometimes it goes down to half that number. And sometimes you say, well, maybe, has that season passed, Lord? No! Now's not the time to give up. Now's the time when we should be pressing in with greater passion, greater commitment to seeking God's face for revival. For if we seek Him, we will find Him. And the signs are all around us. Now for the first time we can look with these eyes and hear with these ears and say, Lord, we can see what you're doing. Now come, complete your work. Come by the power of your spirit. Come in something which is a genuine, historic, life-changing, nation-shaking revival. We start again after our Christmas recess on Monday the 15th. So that's not tomorrow night. That's Monday week, Monday the 15th, 7.30 to 9, here in this hall. Why don't you join us? It's something we can all do. There's not one person, unless they have health problems or transport problems at night, and some folk do, that can't actually commit themselves to praying and saying, Lord, we seek your face. Why don't we, we make 21 121 in just a Monday's time? It's something we can do in 2018. So if praying for revival is the first thing we can do in this, what I want to call 2018 is the year of the fruit of the light. Because that's a phrase contained in this text. But I believe it. I believe that 2018 we're going to see the fruit of light in our lives and in this nation. Not just the hope, not just the expectation, but some of the fruit will start to come through. In this year, I, I believe that. So the second, excuse me, the second thing we need to do in 2018 is to find out, this is verse 10, find out what pleases the Lord. Let, let's be honest with ourselves. We, even our prayer life, we spend so much time thinking about ourselves. You know, Lord, I want this and Lord about that and my family finances, my health and this. And that's fine and good. But that's not the starting place for our prayers. Starting place is prayer and praise and adoration and then the whispered prayer which says, Speak to me, Lord. What pleases you? What's on your heart, Lord Jesus? Holy Spirit, whisper in my ear the things that please the Father. <coughs> this injunction, by the way, is repeated in verse 17 where it says, Do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. In verse 11, just after verse 10, it goes on and actually gives us a starting place. It's not a full list. It just starts with, this you can be sure of, this does please the Lord. So if you want to know what is the Lord's will, start here. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. That's a place to start. Back off on the shady stuff. Back off on the stuff that belongs under rocks. And live the light. In fact, expose that which is happening, which is not godly. 
You know, thank God for courageous people in our nation. Thank God for courageous whistleblowers. You know, some of those folks' lives have been in jeopardy. Some have died. But courageous, bold people, men and women of all political persuasions, by the way, have been speaking out for truth and righteousness. Thank God for them. Thank God for the honest, God-fearing politicians that are rising up. Thank God for our judges. Oh, what bright lights they've been. I have been, it's almost taken my breath away as I've sat and listened to the Concord rulings that have been coming through. Righteous, God-fearing, straight down the line according to the law and the Constitution. Bang. That is something to be deeply grateful for. Thank you, Lord, for these wonderful things. Thank you for shedding this light. So in 2018, you know, we should be praying for these people. We should be praying for these institutions, for the folk who are really making a real difference right now. We should be supporting them even financially. We should be. We should be helping them in this task of being light bearers. And we should certainly speak well of them. And more, we should speak well to them. Have you any idea how hard it is when you're standing in darkness crying out, let there be light, and you don't even know if your voice is being heard? It's like trying to sing opera in a wind. But when people come back to you and say, you know what, you're making a difference. You know what, what you've written there, did there, that's really changing my life. Thank you. It makes all the difference in the world. Affirm them. Take time to pick out these folk who are courageously holding up the light and say, well done. We appreciate you. And all of us can do that. It's not one sitting here today who can't get to a person, pick up a phone, send an email or whatever and support this. The third thing we can do in 2018 is found in verse 15. It says, be very careful how you live. Guys, I'm not going to labor this point. It should be obvious by now. But clearly, if we are going to be light bearers, then in our financial dealings, in our moral stance, and in our own personal example, we'd better be light. Nothing worse than the big hypocrite who says, Oh, if there was just more honesty in this country, and then turn around and lie to their neighbor. So obviously, if we're going to speak the light, we need to be the light. And live it. Live as Christ bearers. Every one of us has got a circle of influence, a family, a business, friends, clubs, churches, or whatever it is. We can be Christ bearers in whatever our circle of influence. Fourth thing we can do is in verse 16. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. We all have opportunities in the normal course of events. We wake up in the morning and we don't actually quite know how the day's going to go, do we? And we have diaries. I mean, I often sit early in the morning and look at my diary on my computer and say, well, Lord, I have an idea of more or less what's going to happen. I have no idea of what's actually going to happen or how it's going to work out. So we all have opportunities that come naturally to us, but we need to make the use of every one. But more than that, you know what I found? I found that if in the beginning of the day I go down on my knees and say, Holy Spirit, won't you open doors before me today that I can't even see now? Won't you bring people across my path or bring me across the path of people where I can be a torchbearer, where I can be the light of Christ? Then suddenly, 
It is transferred from the mundane into the supernatural. And the most amazing things start to happen. And you say, wow, where did that opportunity arise from? From God. He opened the door. Ask, and we receive. Knock, and the door is opened. So that we can do. And it's for this reason as well, I think, that verse 18 says, Be filled with the Spirit. You see, it's not a bunch of do-gooders going around trying to, uh, trying to sort of speak in our own strength to people and tell them to be more hopeful and optimistic, etc. That's not where it's at. It's spiritual people who ooze the Holy Spirit into their circles of influence. That when we come into contact with people, there, there is something which is imparted from us to them in Jesus' name, which is an unction filled with the Spirit in order to impart the Spirit through how we live through how we minister, through how we speak, through how we act. And then one last thing that I want to take from this passage for 2018 is verses 19 to 21. I think I just need to read that a second time. Verses 19 through 21. It reads as follows. Speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. We don't have to shine the light alone. You know, we're being given new birth into a living body. It's called the church. The expression of that wonderful, huge earth and heaven-wide church is the local church that we're part of. That's the visible expression of it. We're not alone. I look out across here and I look out across 8 o'clock and I will look out across the evening service and count hundreds and hundreds of people. We are not alone. We can shine together. We can encourage each other. We can, we can pray with positivity and optimism and thankfulness. Our prayers can be prayers of thanksgiving to God which will encourage the person sitting right next to us. We can speak into each other's lives. We can submit to each other and make space for each other. You know, there's a, um, a little ceremony, I guess you could call it, that we've done in this church many times in the past. It only works well at night, so I can't actually demo it for you this morning. But see the scene. All the lights are off. In the front is one candle burning, just one. Represents Jesus, the light of Christ. And then quietly three people get up with unlit candles. And they come and they just light their candles from that one. And they go and they light the candles of three other people. For everybody's got unlit candles. And another three, and another three. You know, before you can draw five breaths, the entire place is a blaze of light. Just a blaze of light. Together, the light of Christ can shine from his church like it's impossible just to shine from, from one person. Shine, Jesus, shine, fill this land with the Father's glory. And we are part of that. We have been given this ineffable privilege of being part of the household of God, light bearers, not just individually, but as part of the body of Christ. Hold us up of the light of the word of God. At the 8 o'clock service I made a, a word stumble, I said, I would like to start where I ended. And I saw the shock and horror around the field. Oh no, that was just the introduction. No, it's not. 
I want to end where I started, with verse 8. Verse 8, which says, For you were once darkness, but now are light in the Lord. Now, look, I'm fully aware, as all of us are, that the primary meaning, the first intended meaning of that passage has got to do with individual transformation. It's got to do with the fact that you and I were once living lives separated from God. That the Holy Spirit came and breathed new life into us. We came alive in Jesus' name and were brought and rescued from that into the kingdom of His dear Son, the kingdom of light. And we all understand that. But as I read this passage and meditate on it over and over again, I hear the quiet voice of the Holy Spirit saying, yes, but there's another application here that I want you to open up this morning. Another way of also looking at this. You see, because what applies at the personal level applies too at a national level. The one is a microcosm often of the other. Think of this. November 2016 marked the first of a real turning point in our nation with the release of the state capture report. April 2017 marked another critical moment when close on a million people went to Bloemfontein, men and women and children, to pray and to intercede and to say, Oh God, reach out your mighty hand into this land. That was a turning point as well. And then December of last year, the December we've just lived for, through. I don't know if you are aware of just how miraculous December was. I mean, think about the sequence of things that happened. The political decisions, the court rulings that came out were just breathtaking. Not one, not two, but boom, boom, boom. We're going to look back on December of last year and say, Lord, you turned the worm a lot earlier. But that's when he started to slither away. Back into the darkness. Radical change has started. Not will start. Not we hope to see radical change. Radical change, I believe, has started. It's time for us to come out of our caves of emotional skepticism and doubt and to start to proclaim this. It's time for us to start to say, thank you God for what you are already doing. To change the, please God, help us. Which is more worm-like than anything else. But thank you, God, that you are reaching your mighty hand into my life, my family, our church, and our nation. And to start speaking positively words of faith and words of hope and words of love. First to ourselves, you know, we need to hear our own voices reprogramming ourselves to our families, to our nation. Look, make no mistake, there's lots to do. And the road has got a few nasty bends in it still. And there are going to be some unexpected turns along the way. There's going to be much to reform, much to redress, much to put right, much to reconstruct as we go into the future. But I truly believe, folk, that we are no longer walking deeper into darkness as a nation. We are emerging into the light. And that's great cause for thanksgiving. I can't say it better than Isaiah said it in 60 verses 1 and 2. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, 
Darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. There's only one response to that. Thank you, Lord. Let me hear it. Thank you, Lord. Exercise your vocal cords. I know this is not Rhema, but say it. Thank you, Lord. Shine, Jesus. Shine.